Welcome to episode 144 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about March 2021. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as illegal immigration, the Great Depression, Antifa, Clarence Thomas, or Rush Limbaugh comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Well, the month started out strong with cancel culture taking it up a notch as six Dr. Seuss titles got canceled due to their racist representation of certain minorities and cultures. It was deemed hurtful and wrong imagery. Several states announced that they were reopening by removing most, if not all, of the federal government-induced COVID lockdowns and mask mandates. Resident Biden called it Neanderthal thinking because he and other totalitarians can't stand the idea of you and me gaining back a bit of normalcy and freedom. The only way the National Democratic Party survives is as if the people are dependent on government. Speaking of government dependency... Congress passed a $1.9 trillion so-called COVID relief bill, another round of so-called stimulus checks, or as I like to call them, inflation breeders, another $1,400 for everyone. I just can't imagine why the cost of everything is so much higher today than it was a year ago. Hey, let's do some quick math. $1,400 times 330 million people is $462 billion. $1.9 trillion minus 462 billion is $1.5 trillion. So if every American received their inflation-inducing non-stimulus checks, where did the other $1.5 trillion go? Do you really need to ask? When you spend other people's money or... In this case, when you get to print money, you spend it on whatever the hell you want. Part of the pork was bailing out essentially bankrupt cities and states run by Democrats for decades. See, it pays to pander. Speaking of -of out-of-control spending, you must understand the fact that Washington, D.C.'s uniparty is willfully negligent. They don't give a shit about you, your children, or your grandchildren. Consider this. We've had $6 trillion in COVID-related money dished out in the last 18 months. That equates to $18,000 per citizen, or over $40,000 per taxpayer. The federal government only collects $3.5 trillion a year in tax revenue. That's annually, guys, meaning they distributed almost double that much in the last 18 months. Do you see how Washington, D.C. is the problem? That is the very definition of willful negligence. They are willfully driving the country off a fiscal cliff. Here's a little game I play on Facebook, mainly to piss off my Trump-hating friends. It also serves well for a month-in-review episode like this. It's called 
If Trump-era journalistic standards still applied, we might see headlines like this. Joe Biden makes history. First president in 100 years not to hold a press conference, hold a State of the Union address, or joint session of Congress in his first 30 days in office. Because he can't. And President Biden is the first U.S. president to completely open the U.S. southern border to illegal aliens. Here's another. Under Biden administration, it's easier to get into the United States illegally than to get a tour of the United States Capitol. Another. Biden administration employs fascistic tactics to limit press access to illegal immigrant camps. Pelosi calls for the drafting of an article of impeachment. Finally, Dictator-in-Chief Biden signs record 41 executive orders in first month in office. Trump signed 24, Obama 26, Bush 7. The National Democrats, the corporate press, and establishment Republicans continue to tell us that there was no voter fraud in November, or not enough to sway the elections, basically telling the American people not to believe their own eyes when there is lots of evidence of voting improprieties, illegalities, and irregularities. As a matter of fact, five people were charged in Illinois this past month with voter fraud, and a Michigan judge found that the Michigan Secretary of State absentee ballot order broke the law. Oh well, the election's over. We need to get over it. Sit down and shut up, because nothing can be done about it. Let's just watch the Biden handlers continue their pursuit of their radical agenda to destroy the country, our immigration system, our currency, our reputation, our economy, and our election system, while subjecting him to what can only be described as elder abuse. Speaking of voter fraud, the House of Representatives passed a 790-page bill, H.R. 1. It's called the For the People Act of 2021. It's being presented as an election reform bill, but all it does is prove once and for all that in their lust for power, the National Democrats suffer from politically induced mental illness. Check out episode 136 to see what I mean about that. Here are some of the highlights from H.R. 1. It essentially seizes control of federal elections from the states, which, just in case you're wondering, is explicitly prohibited by the Constitution. Check out Article 1, Section 4, Clause 1. It also bars anyone to challenge the law's constitutionality in any court except a single federal court in Washington, D.C. I'm getting very suspicious here. It mandates automatic voter registration in all 50 states. It mandates same-day and online registration. It mandates no-fault absentee ballots, doing away with witness signatures or notarization requirements for absentee ballots. Additionally, it would force states to accept absentee ballots received up to 10 days after the election. Nothing suspicious here, guys. It prevents election officials from removing ineligible voters from the voter rolls or confirming the eligibility and qualification of voters. Because, you know, that really stymies their voter fraud efforts. It ensures that illegal immigrants can vote. It allows felons to vote. It mandates early voting. Legalizes nationwide mail-in voting. Promotes ballot harvesting. Mandates that states make absentee voter boxes available for 45 days within an election with unsecured drop boxes made available 24 hours a day for ballot drop-offs. I can't imagine there'd be any fraud there, do you? It bans voter ID laws, which, in case you're curious, are supported by over 75% of Americans. 
I could go on and on for another two minutes. Suffice it to say, H.R. 1 is the Democrats' attempt to institutionalize the same voter fraud that was perpetrated against the American people in battleground states during the 2020 presidential election. The National Democrats know that the advantageous COVID situation will not be available to them in 2022 or 2024, so they figure, what the hell, let's just legislate the fraud. After all, who the hell is going to stop them? Oh, and one more thing before I leave this important topic. The ban on voter ID is particularly diabolical. The National Democrats want us to believe that requiring voters to present photo ID is racist because, according to them, it's more difficult for African Americans and I guess other minorities to acquire an ID than for non-minorities. So following their own logic, all of these everyday activities are racist. The COVID-19 vaccine, buying alcohol, Sudafed, a gun, or cigarettes, opening a bank account, renting a car or an apartment, buying a car or a house, boarding an airplane, visiting your doctor, applying for a loan, getting into a nightclub or a federal building. Pope Francis made a historic trip to Iraq. Now, I'm no fan of Pope Francis because most of the time his public proclamation sounded like something I would hear from AOC, Bernie Sanders, or Rachel Maddow, but this trip was truly historic. It took balls of steel, or the grace of God, to pull this off from a security perspective. He did good. So glad he went and spread the message of Jesus Christ to a country that is in great need of him. So it turns out Trump was right all along, calling COVID-19 coronavirus the Chinese or Wuhan virus. Yep, the Chinese have been experimenting with bats for years. Even the anointed one, Dr. Fauci, and his federal agency, the NIH, helped fund bat COVID experiments in 2018. Oh, and diplomats warned of risky coronavirus experiments in, drumroll please, a Wuhan lab. But no one listened because the federal government has a 100% failure rate and is incapable of doing anything correctly because no one is ever held accountable for anything. But liberals all across the Fruited Plains continually called Trump a racist for calling the virus that originated in China, specifically in Wuhan, China, the Wuhan China virus. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo hung on to his position of power by his fingernails throughout the month. Lots of folks calling for him to resign, including Democrats who realize his usefulness to them has waned. White House Press Secretary Jen Circleback Pasaki responded to sexual harassment allegations from a former aide about the governor by saying, quote, The president has been consistent in his position when a person comes forward, except Tara Reid. They deserve to be treated with dignity and respect or ignored. Their voice should be heard, not silenced, unless that voice is accusing Mr. Biden. And any allegation, except the one made by Tara Reid, should be reviewed, end quote. I may have manipulated that quote just a bit for effect. Nancy Pelosi broke her silence on Cuomo's accuser, saying, quote, The women who have come forward with serious and credible charges against Governor Cuomo deserve to be heard and to be treated with dignity. The independent investigation must have due process and respect for everyone involved. Nancy Pelosi on Biden's accuser, Tara Reid. Quote, I have complete respect for the whole Me Too movement. There's also due process and the fact that Joe Biden is Joe Biden, end quote. Hillary Clinton broke her silence on Cuomo's accusers. Quote, 
These stories are difficult to read, and the allegations brought forth raise serious questions that the women who have come forward and all New Yorkers deserved answers to. I'm glad to see that there will be a full, independent, and thorough investigation. End quote. Do I even have to bring up her husband's sordid past with allegations of rape, underage girls on Epstein's plane and island, or Juanita Broderick, or Paula Jones, or the half-dozen others who have made sexual harassment claims against him over the decades? Good to know that Hillary's concerned about, quote, serious questions about Cuomo's behavior. What a hypocrite. Speaking of National Democrats' hypocrisy, I posted this on Facebook. Priorities. Democrats rage. Want Cuomo's head on a platter after sexual harassment allegations arise. Democrats remain silent when almost 10,000 senior citizens died as a result of Cuomo's policy to force New York nursing homes to accept COVID-positive residents back into their facilities. It's all about priorities, folks. The U.S. Secretary of State met with his Chinese counterparts in Alaska. Here's my synopsis of how the human rights conversation went. The U.S. rightly and justifiably chastised the Chinese representatives about their human rights record. The Chinese response went something like this. Who the hell are you to preach to us about human rights? You are the nation of systemic racism. You are the nation with an epidemic of racist cops indiscriminately killing people of color. You are the nation talking about handing out slavery reparations. You are the nation struggling with equity, social, racial, housing, employment, gender. The crazy leftists and, and national democrats got asleep in the bed they made and be very careful about throwing stones. File this under, it really shouldn't be this easy for a guy like me to completely dismantle a prominent Democrat. Julian Castro, former mayor of San Antonio and former member of Obama's cabinet, had this to say on CNN. Quote, How do you call something strongly bipartisan in this country when almost 90% of Americans support it, and yet mainly one political party stands completely against it? End quote. So you must be thinking, he's talking about voter ID laws, which are overwhelmingly supported by the American people, but opposed by the Democratic Party. Or maybe he's talking about some common sense restrictions on abortions, which are overwhelmingly supported by Americans, but opposed by the Democratic Party. Or maybe there he's talking about the definition of marriage, which is overwhelmingly supported by the American people, but opposed by the Democratic Party. Or maybe he's talking about transgender women competing in women's sports, which is overwhelmingly opposed by the American people, but supported by the Democratic Party. Or maybe he's talking about teaching Christianity or and other religions in schools, which is overwhelmingly supported by the American people, but opposed by the Democratic Party. Nope, it was none of those. He was asked about gun control following the shooting in Boulder, Colorado, which he turned into a rant about abolishing the Senate filibuster. Of course, his argument is flawed from the outset because 90% of Americans do not support any gun control proposals. But that's what liars do. They lie. Speaking of the shooting in Boulder, Colorado, there were several mass shootings in March. Two of the most notable because of the corporate press's reaction was the one in Colorado and one in Atlanta. The Colorado shooter who killed 10 in a grocery store appeared to be a white guy as he was led away from the scene by police. That set off the hate America, hate white people, white supremacy, white guys with a gun narrative until it was revealed that the white-skinned shooter has a very Muslim-sounding name. The media immediately backed off as if they had touched a hot stove. 
The shooter's brother described him as mentally ill, disturbed, and paranoid. The Atlanta shooter, a self-professed sex addict, went on a killing spree in several Atlanta-area massage parlors, presumably the types where happy endings are their specialty. The employees at these particular parlors happen to be Asian Americans. What were we subjected to by the president and the left-wing media? Wall-to-wall identity politics expressing concerns over another non-existent problem in America, violence against Asian Americans. It's yet another manufactured narrative that we were subjected to for days until research surfaced that demonstrated that the vast majority of, of recent hate crimes against Asians have been perpetrated by black males. This unfortunate fact doesn't really fit the propaganda model, so the media simply omits the race of the specific assailants. They just use phrases like white supremacy and let their audience make assumptions. In case you haven't noticed, here's the left's formula for mass shootings. If the shooter is white, immediately release his name, show his picture continually for at least five straight days, preferably one that makes him look devilish and demonic. Blame white supremacy, investigate all of his social media posts, and sprinkle in some obligatory gun control language about the NRA and Republicans. If the shooter is not white, keep his name under wraps for as long as possible, focus all attention on gun control, vigorously blame NRA and Republicans, Ignore the shooter's social media profile, ignore the fact that he's been on the FBI's radar for years, and sprinkle in some obligatory white supremacy language like, you know, the white Hispanic. And always, always, never forget this part of the formula. Always ignore mass crime committed by minorities against minorities in Democrat-run cities with restrictive gun laws. Continuing the theme of violence, two black female girls, ages 13 and 15, killed a Pakistani-American Uber driver in Washington, D.C. in a failed carjacking. Oh, and a 38-year-old black man, out on parole after serving 17 years for murdering his mother, kicked the shit out of an Asian-American woman in New York City. Why am I bringing these two instances up? Because there was no outrage from the corporate press or either of the mayors of New York or D.C. on either of these instances. Why do you think that is? Well, because neither fit the narrative of white supremacy, white privilege, equity, and all the other mindless bullshit you hear from these people. File this under, never let a crisis go to waste. No, no, no. File this under, as discussed in episode 137, The Truth About Post-Constitutional America. The House of Representatives passed a couple of gun control bills, moving us two steps closer to criminalizing private gun sales. I don't even know what to say anymore about the assault on the Constitution from the federal government. The Constitution is very clear about bearing arms. The feds have no enumerated power to do such. Period. End of story. Yet the lawless Democrats pass a law abridging the right to bear arms. I mean, come on, folks. We either live by the rule of law or we don't. You gotta pick one. So we're in the midst of a major surge of illegal immigrants rushing the southern border. I produced an entire episode on the topic, episode 143, the one right before this one, the truth about the massive voter drive at the border. Give it a listen if you're interested, but suffice it to say, the so-called crisis at the border is an engineered event designed to push as many illegal immigrants into the country as quickly as possible in order to grant amnesty and voting rights shortly thereafter. Biden and his party's callousness towards the immigrants, especially women and children, the former are routinely raped and sexually assaulted as they journey to the states, their latter are 
routinely kidnapped, purchased, or smuggled into the country in order to take advantage of something called chain migration. All of that is pure, unadulterated evil. Once the lucky ones, that is illegal immigrants, arrived in the United States, with a significant number of them testing positive for COVID on the rare occasions that tests were even administered, these poor people were thrown into overcrowded plastic-enclosed encampments, or as we heard all too often while Trump was president, kids in cages. You remember, Obama created the cages at the detention centers at the border and the media remained mute. Trump used Obama's cages at detention centers at the border and the media went batshit crazy. Now, Biden encourages a mass migration of immigrants, resulting in inhumane conditions at detention centers at the border, including the use of Obama's cages, and the media searches for excuses for the Democrats' voter drive at the border. The trial of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin got underway last month. He's charged with second-degree murder, manslaughter, and the third-degree murder charge was reinstated after being dropped last year. The judge refused the change of venue request from the defense, meaning the jurors will have no choice but to convict this guy for fear of their own safety. But what are these jurors going to do when they hear for the first time that Chauvin was trying to save George Floyd's life with the knee to the neck? What will they do when they find out for the first time that the medical examiner said Floyd died from a fentanyl overdose and had no damage to his trachea? What are these jurors going to think when they find out that Floyd asked to be taken out of the car and put on the ground? What are they going to think when they hear testimony and see pictures of the Minneapolis police training manual of the unconscious neck restraint? Or the fact that that maneuver had been used over 200 times in Minneapolis with no deaths until Floyd. And what are they going to think when they find out that hundreds of other police departments use the same technique? Check out episode 107, The Truth About the Death of George Floyd, for a deep dive into that topic. Westwood One announced it is going to fill the noon to three spot on the AM dial left with the death of Rush Limbaugh with Dan Bongino. With Biden's call to raise corporate taxes, Ford announced it will move a $900 million investment from Ohio to Mexico. Way to go, National Democrats! Push to raise minimum wage and corporate rates and increase unemployment. Brilliant, guys. It's absolutely brilliant. Walter Block published an interesting article during the month that asked the question, shouldn't lawmakers who advocate for policies that they themselves admit will cause harm, i.e. unemployment, shouldn't these people be indicted as criminals? Excellent question, Walter. Biden called Kamala, President Harris, again, this time while reading a speech from a teleprompter. For once, the words coming out of his mouth weren't lies. She will indeed be the president, probably in a matter of months, as Biden's mental and physical health continue to deteriorate. For example, he fell three times going up the stairs of Air Force One. I assume it's fair to mock our 78-year-old president for falling up the stairs of Air Force One and continuing to project an image of weakness and fragility to our foreign adversaries. After all, he mocked the 74-year-old Trump as he gingerly walked down a slippery ramp at West Point after giving the commencement address. Here's Biden, I think it was on MSNBC, quote, Look at how he steps, and look at how I step. Watch how I run up ramps, and he stumbles down ramps. Come on! Man, he is such a mental midget. Speaking of Biden's health, his handlers allowed him to hold his first press conference since being installed as president. It was beyond bizarre. From the usual incoherence in his replies, which, quite frankly, 
have been the normal course of business for Biden for decades, made all the worse by his clear and obvious mental illness, to his cheat sheet notebook with pictures of reporters' faces indicating the order in which he was to call on them, with canned responses written down, to his walking away from the podium at one point towards a reporter who was asking a question, then speaking off mic until he came back to the podium. This guy is effed up, guys. Everyone knows it, and yet the media ignores it, and the Republicans, instead of playing the same game the Dems would have played, screaming day in and day out about Biden's failings, they do nothing, as usual. They're worthless. File this under, you can't make this shit up. Kamala the Cackler Harris hosted a women's empowerment event with special guest Bill the Serial Sexual Assaulter Clinton. So the woman who slept her way to the top of the California political ladder asked a man who raped and assaulted his way to the top to come and talk about how to empower women. Brilliant. Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey had this to say about the platform censorship of the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop right before the election. He basically said, my bad, we shouldn't have blacked it out. We had no real evidence, but we did it anyways. It was an accident. Don't worry about it, Jack. You have liberal privilege. There will be no consequences. 15 million brackets were filled out at ESPN.com for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Not a single one remained perfect after the first round, thanks to Abilene Christian, Oral Roberts, and North Texas University. The final story of the month is the latest installment of the totalitarians among us. Biden and the Democrats are pushing for vaccine passports. They want to implement the equivalent of the Chinese social credit score here in the States. No travel for you. No returning to normal life for you unless you take the government-mandated jab in the arm. Totalitarian mental midgets who advocate for this shit, like MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, can only resort to name-calling. They never put forth an argument. They just call people names. Let's face it, their only legitimate argument is, we are totalitarians. We say take the vaccine. If you don't listen to us, you will be punished. But of course, they can't say that, so they're only left with the obvious argument, which is, by not getting the vaccine, you are endangering others. Now wait a minute, just wait one second. That argument doesn't hold water since millions of people have already been vaccinated, millions more have the antibodies, and the death rate from this thing is only slightly higher than the flu. So let's tie a bow on this episode with these observations of the National Democrats' illogic. You shouldn't have to present an ID to vote because it's racist. Illegal immigrants do not need COVID tests because it would conflict with their participation in the massive voter drive at the border. But legal citizens, exercising their liberty and freedom, making their own medical decisions, have absolutely no right to travel, attend a concert, a sporting event, or go to a movie theater unless they have a vaccine that the government demands. One that has not been thoroughly vetted as any other vaccine currently being administered. The same government demanding that the vaccine is taken is the same one that has misled or lied to the American people more often than not about the pandemic. And that is the truth about March 2021. Please join the conversation on Facebook, at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.